Good morning. I was uh, reading this morning from Ezekiel 37 about the old dry bones, how God takes the impossible, as it were, and brings life and hope to it. It is tragic that uh, things that are happening in our world, but... um, we do need to keep before us the fact that the Lord's still in control and the Lord is still coming again. He's coming again. We, we tend to think that's way off in the future. <laughs> and we don't know the day nor the hour. This morning I want to share with you some thoughts along walking the talk. <laughs> I don't know about you, but uh, I think that's probably a, a problem for all of us. It is for me. We tend to say one thing and do the other, don't we? How are we as believers to walk the talk? Turn with me, if you will, in your Bible to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Dismiss the children. Children, you are dismissed. Sure. Precious children. Colossians 2 6. See. So then, and I guess you better we we better drop back to verse five. For then I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. And with that thought in mind, our faith in Christ, it says, So then Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thanksgiving, with thankfulness. So the thought is that we should live as we have in the same manner as we have received Jesus Christ as Lord. Now, of course, the assumption is this, that you've received Christ Jesus the Lord. And if you're here today and you don't know that fact, that you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, you need to back up and recognize, hey, We have sinned and come short of God's glory. We desperately need him, not just in a crisis, but we need him every day. And we need to come to him and say, Lord, thank you for dying for me and rising again. But with that thought in mind that he says, just as we received Christ Jesus the Lord, 
so we should walk in him. Now, what is the thought here of when we have received Christ Jesus the Lord? Well, it is a genuine faith. If you would uh, keep your finger there in Colossians, because we're coming right back to this portion. But in the book of 1 Peter, Peter talks about how we begin in faith. He says that... Uh, um, in verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth. That's our beginning, our new birth. Into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that never perishes, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. This faith of the new birth brings us into a salvation. Well, what is the salvation? Salvation is from the past penalty of our sin. The salvation is um, God's power delivering us from the power of sin in our daily life. And then one day, praise the Lord, um, he will deliver us from the very presence of sin. And Peter says here, that in this faith we greatly rejoice. So he said, now for a season, if need be. Now this is a season that we don't like as well. But he says, if a season, if it need be, we're going through a lot of trouble. We're going through conflicts. We're going through things that we don't like. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, though it be refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus is revealed. So the um, trials and the testings are meant to what? To prove that our faith is real, it's genuine. It's not make-believe. It's not just when everything's going good. The Lord wants to reveal a genuine faith in us through these trials. Um, he says that, Whom having not seen we love, in whom though now we see him not yet believing, there's the faith, we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So the trials and the difficulties that God sends is to help us to find that our faith is genuine, that it's real, 
And how did we get that? We got it by the gospel. We got this through the gospel. What is the gospel? Well, the gospel, faith comes by hearing God's word, doesn't it? In other words, as we heard the word, we became a believer. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 2 and 3, tells us that uh, this gospel is this. Let me read it to you rather than misrepresenting it. 1 Corinthians 15, 2 and 3. By this gospel, you're saved. If you hold firm to the word that I preach to you, otherwise you've believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And then he talks about the different ones that he saw, that saw him, the risen Christ, and even um, Paul himself saw him on the road to Damascus when he turned and received Christ into his life. So he tells us then that uh, this gospel has a mystery part to it. Back in Colossians here, um, we were in chapter 2. Well, right in the end of chapter 1, he says in verse 25, I have become a servant by the commission of God gave to um, to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that's been kept hidden from the ages and generations, but now is disclosed to the saints. In other words, in the Old Testament, they didn't have this. But now it's made real to the saints, to the believers. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of the mystery, which is... What is it? Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. See, I'm crucified with Christ. Yet not I. uh, Yet I'm alive. Yet not me. But Christ is living in me and I live by faith of the Son of God that loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20 tells us. Now think of it, beloved. Listen. I don't know if this grabs you or not. Christ living in me? Remember this. Jesus identified with you and me, did he not? When he went to the cross, he identified with me, with you, and our sin. He identified with us in our sin, and he died in our place and rose again. (laughs) Well, if he identified with us 
in our sin? Should we not identify with him in his death for us, his substitutionary death and his resurrection for us? The Lord wants us to grab a hold of this truth that he is living in us. We sang that song, didn't we? Christ liveth in me. Oh, what a salvation this, that Christ liveth in me. Are you looking to see Christ? Well, you know, I praise the Lord. I could see Christ in our musicians today. Christ living in them. We should be able to see Christ in our fellow believers. Yes. And you remember in the song it says that um, in the third verse it was, it says, as lives the flower within the seed, as in the cone the tree. So praise the God of truth and grace, his spirit dwelleth in me. Now I brought along a cone tree, cone here. And I brought along, I don't know if you can see it or not, there's a little uh, seed there from a tomato. Can you see that tomato plant? No, can't see it. But it's there. <laughs> In a seed form, it's there and conditions being right, that can turn into that uh, that uh, tomato plant. Do you see the pine tree? <laughs> you know, you really can't see much of a tree there, just an old cone. But the conditions being right, a tree is there embedded. And of course, you, you tie that in with the words of Jesus in John chapter 17 and verse 23, he says, I should read verse 22. He says, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are. He's, Jesus is talking to the Father and he's saying, Lord, I've given them the glory like you gave me and uh, that we could be one as they can be one as uh, we are one. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. And in chapter 14 there of John in verse 17 and 18, he continues with this thought, where he's saying that uh, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you. The spirit was living there with the disciples in Jesus Christ. But he says... And he will be in you from the day of Pentecost on. 
Every believer who receives Jesus Christ receives the Holy Spirit living in them. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> Lord says, I'm not going to leave you in this world alone. I am coming to you. So, I don't know how that grabs you, but then in, in Romans chapter 8, he furthers this thought in verses 10 and 11, where he says, but if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Isn't that great? To think of the fact that the living God, the very spirit of the living God that raised Jesus back to life from the dead is alive within these bodies of ours as believers. Now, that's how we received Christ, right? We received him and we receive his spirit. Now, having said this, How am I to walk the talk? How am I to live my daily life then? Well, it's through faith. You know, the, the beautiful thing that I failed to bring out there, what uh, Peter said, he said that our faith is being tested, that it's genuine, and it's more precious than gold that perishes. Think of that. How would you like a big bar of gold? Now, our world more or less lives on the almighty dollar, right? How much money do you have? What is your assets? Uh, what are you worth? <laughs> and we gauge it by the dollar sign, right? And Peter says, our faith is more valuable than all gold in the world. It's more valuable. Why? It's God's currency. <laughs> you want something from God. You need faith. You need to take God at his word. And God wants to use faith. How did we receive Christ Jesus the Lord? By faith, right? So that is the, the supply line for you and me to walk the talk and to live a changed life. So, like we said, when we receive the Lord Jesus, our past sins he wipes out. But the current power of sin that we struggle with, 
the Spirit of God living in us is there to enable us to say no to sin, to say yes to Jesus. And we need to take advantage of this beautiful fact. Colossians, back in chapter 1 and verse 10, he says, And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. Isn't that what we want to do? To live a life worthy of the Lord. How do I do that? Well, follow on with what he said here. Live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him. That word and there we could substitute even. That we may please him in every way. You know, before you're saved, if you're like me, my mind was bent on pleasing myself. Doing what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. But when you turn to Jesus Christ, our motivation changes. It should. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away and behold, all things have become new. So now what pleases my Savior? What pleases him? That is to be our number one motivation. And then there in verse 10, he goes ahead to say, um, bearing fruit in every good work. You remember Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount said, men don't gather figs of thistle trees. He said, by their fruit you will know them. You, you know a tree. No, there's an apple tree because it has apples on it, right? Right. And you know that people are Christians because of the Christian fruit. What's the fruit of the Spirit? It's love, joy, peace. Meekness, temperance against such there's no law. This fruit needs to be being produced in our life. Not because we strain and struggle and try to no, because Christ liveth in me. Christ liveth in me. Oh, what a salvation this, that Christ liveth in me. And not only that, notice he says, growing in the knowledge of God. And that reminds me of, uh, I turn my Bible back a page to Philippians chapter 3, where Paul in writing to the Philippians says, this is the goal of his life, to know Christ better. Paul, you don't know Christ? <laughs> no, he, he's talking about not only the beginning, but the continuing day after day, Romans, I'm sorry, Philippians 3 and verse 8 uh, was saying that, uh, what is more, I consider everything lost for the surpassing goodness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. So he was admitting, yes, I know him, 
and everything else is about like a bunch of garbage. For whose sake I have lost all things, consider them rubbish or garbage, that I may gain, gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness or the righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God is by faith. I want to know Christ. But Paul, he said you did. <laughs> well, it's an ongoing knowing, isn't it? He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now, I don't know, that verse always confused me a little bit. Paul was saying, I want to attain to the fact that I'm... Um, that I can attain unto the resurrection from the dead. Well, actually, all believers that are in Christ, according to 1 Corinthians 15, will be raised from the dead. So that's not something that we have to do to attain it. So he's not talking about being raised after we've died and our bodies have been buried and the like. He's not talking about that resurrection. What is he talking about? He's talking about being raised from dead living. In other words, now that we're believers, with resurrection power living in us, we have now power to live not like people that are dead in their sins, but to live resurrection lives. Now, I know probably all of us this is, well, you know, I'm not perfect. <laughs> have you ever said that? No, I'm not perfect. I can't do everything right. I'm not perfect. Now, wait a minute. No, we aren't perfect, but that should be our aim every day. What is he actually saying here? I want to be like Jesus. Isn't that what he was? Yep. He's perfect. <laughs> and God wants to live his life conquering through us as we live day by day. Sure, we stumble. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. So there's a constant dealing with sin as it comes up. But the overall tenor of our life, beloved, needs to be this. A resurrection living. Loving fellow believers. Forgiving those that hurt us. Not letting anger run our lives. He says, be angry, don't sin. <laughs> In other words, it can't help being angry sometimes. But we don't need to let it simmer.
Forgive because we've been forgiven. So, beloved, the thing that I am encouraged with here today is, notice he says there in in, uh, Colossians 1 about how we live um, worthy of the Lord. He says, being strengthened with all power according to the glorious power so that we may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks. <laughs> That's hard for us at times, isn't it? Patience. You say, well, I don't want to pray for patience because tribulation works patience. salvation. Christ lives in me. Well, let's let him be seen in us today. Let Jesus, let others see Jesus in you. Let them see Christ in you. Oh, sure. They see our flaws. They see uh, the other things, but the regular tenure and the average thing in our life should be Christ overflowing through us. So how do I walk my talk? (laughs) Not in my own strength. I can't buy it with money. But as I believe and trust and take God at his word, he lives in resurrection power through these frail bodies of ours. Isn't that great? We don't need to live like paupers. <laughs> I heard this story one time of this fellow that was that uh, had a ticket on this um, ocean liner, and he, he had saved all his money and bought his ticket. Well, he didn't have any extra money to spend. But he had some crackers and cheese. So he would eat his crackers and cheese, and other people were enjoying sumptuous meals and so forth. Finally, he thought, man, I'm going to check and see how much would it be to get just one of these. And they said, well, let me see your ticket. And it calls for that every day on his ticket, you see. God doesn't want us to live on crackers and cheese whenever he has given us his spirit to live powerfully, to say no to sin, to love people, to forgive people, to let him live his life through us. Father, thank you that you have ordained to live through us by the Holy Spirit. When you went away, you said you wouldn't leave us orphans. You would come to us by the Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Forgive us, Lord, 
for living weak lives when we need to believe you to show your power through weak people because of who you are and because of who your spirit is. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' worthy name. Amen.